Hey, let's uh, talk today on a subject that we all are familiar with the term peace. But I want to talk today about the power of peace. That peace has a power that sometimes we don't recognize and we don't see. In today's society, we have a great level of anxiety and worry. We have a great level of those who are anxious about various things. And a lot of people are trying to find ways to overcome that type of difficulty. They recognize the fact that it's detrimental to some degree, some greatly detrimental and others moderately detrimental, but yet they're trying to find ways to overcome. Thank God for those who fight to overcome. Amen? That's what God's called us to be as overcomers. And he's called us to be those who fight to overcome. And so I'm so proud of those who see and recognize some difficulties in their life. And they're stretching forward and they're wanting to overcome these difficulties. So hats off to everyone in those type situations. The common thought about peace is that peace is something that is soothing or calm or tranquil and that it is passive. And truly, peace does have some of those qualities. It is tranquil, it is, it is calming, it's soothing. But I will reject the term, it is passive. And we should do what we can to find peace and have peace and to enjoy peace and protect our peace. But there is a peace that we can only receive from God. The Bible, the New Testament, defines peace this way, the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ and so fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is. Well, that's a long definition, isn't it? Let's read it again. It was so good. Let's read it one more time. The tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ and so fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly lot of whatsoever sort that is. When a person has peace, they are assured. They fear nothing bad is going to come from me to me from God. And whatever situation I'm in, though it may not be comfortable, I've learned to be okay with it because God is in control. Now that's a process that we are going through as God continues to bless us. But what does the word say about peace? In Isaiah 26, 3, it says, You, God, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. In Romans 14, 17, it says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 5, and 6 says, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. 1 Corinthians 14.33, in connection with our gatherings together as the body of Christ, and in particular how the gifts of the Spirit operate, the Word tells us, For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. The starting point for peace in this world is to have peace with God. 
But there's a difference between acting like we have peace and actually having peace. There are those who would put on the veneer of peace, and when you ask them, hey, how are you doing? What's the four-letter word? Fine. Fine. Doing good. Everything's good. They put on a veneer of peace, and yet there's no peace on the inside. The peace that God gives us starts on the inside and works its way to the outside. It is an inside job. It is a seed planted into our lives. It is power that God gives us. God heals our inner wounds and leads us into a victorious life. There are things inside of our life that God desires to heal, and he desires to set us free from them. We can never believe that we have arrived or that we've already won the race. Plenty of people believe that when they receive Christ as their Savior, they've received everything. Truly, there's no more greater gift, no more greater miracle than salvation. Nothing tops salvation. Nothing. And yet God wants to continually do a work in us and continually cause us to become more formed in the, into the image of Christ. Not into the image of a denomination or a group of people, but more into the image of Christ. And so we will never receive all that God has for us because he gives us our daily bread. And so tomorrow I'll receive more from Christ Nothing that will top salvation, but what I need for that day and in that moment. And so when we think that we've arrived, when we think that we've made it, when we think that, yeah, I'm good now, I can just kind of coast through life, I have, I'm, I'm, I'm good enough. I'm good enough. That's when we fall into trouble. You ready for about a one-minute video? This is a collegiate race that I think will just speak for itself. When you think you've won, you better be careful. Let's watch it. Take my word for it. There's a moral to this story. Yeah, it looked like a coronation for Tanche Pepeo. He's getting the crowd. He wants the crowd to cheer his performance. And at the end, he gets pipped. He gets pipped by Merritt Simon of Washington. And you just can't do this kind of stuff, Lewis. You can't. You, know, you see his face, and you know no one has to say anything. They don't have to explain it to him. He'll never make that mistake again. He'll never make that mistake again. He thought he'd won. He thought, I'm good. But what he didn't realize was somebody was trying to be better. So in Christ, we have received salvation. We belong to Christ. And, we're, and the devil can't jeopardize that. And, but yet we've always got to be saying, God, I, I'm pressing on to that finish line. I'm pressing on to be the very best that I can possibly be. The, uh, in the fall, I had some uh, firewood delivered to my house, and, and uh, this is one of the pieces of wood. Does anybody recognize anything unique about this piece of wood? Please say no, even if you've seen something, because it's part of the illustration. You're not supposed to see the <laughs> Just a piece of, <laughs> thank you. It's just a piece of firewood, right? And uh, it's a type of oak. I don't know, maybe red oak, I don't know. And, um, but as I, I went to grab this piece of wood, I noticed something very unique about it that gave me a glimpse into the history of the tree. And I hope that you can see this side of it now. Now does anyone see anything unique? And I know it might be hard to see. 
There's a piece of barbed wire in the middle. It's, do you see it kind of sticking out here? That's a, that's a pretty good ways inside of that tree. Well, we all know what happened, right? Somebody, when the tree was younger, better looking, their eyes, his eyes worked, and his back worked. <laughs> Somebody thought, hey, I need, to, I need to make a fence. And this tree is great because now I don't have to put a fence post. I can just use the tree. They attached a piece of barbed wire to the outside of the tree. And the tree consumed that barbed wire. And over time and over time and over time, it just stayed inside of that tree. And it's a good, it's a good way inside that tree. So it was years and years and years ago. I, I, I'm wondering how old this piece of barbed wire is, right? That can look like our lives. There are things that people say to us that if we allow them to attach to us, and we keep them attached to us, they get deeper and deeper and deeper. The hurts and events of our lives, the things that are barbed, barbed wire, the things that grab and irritate, the things that cause someone to say, don't touch that, that will hurt you. You ever, you ever, don't answer this question, have you ever met one of those people you're like, don't touch that person because they're going to hurt you? You know what I mean? They have an edge to them. Maybe there's a piece of barbed wire in their life. Maybe there was a hurt years ago that they just could not get over. They couldn't go for it. And now it's inside of them. Peace is not just an external veneer, but peace is something that goes down deep inside of us. And so as we look at our life and we see the things that have been attached to our lives, and because we did not get rid of them quickly, and no judgment, no condemnation being given today at all, but we didn't get rid of them, we can find that they become a part of who we are, and they become internalized instead of rejected immediately. Things will try to attach themselves to your life to steal your joy and your contentment and your happiness and your pleasures. There's emotional injuries and hurts and abuses and evil words that have been spoken against us and negative thoughts that we've generated ourselves. And if you don't deal with them from God's perspective, they will go deeper and deeper and deeper and cause more harm, more harm, and more harm. If... We nurse those things if we protect them because it becomes a part of our personality. Well, I'm just this way. Well, he rubbed me the wrong way, so I lashed out at him. Well, she said this, and so I responded because that's just who I am. And what we find is that we are nursing and coddling and protecting those very things that God is saying, I never intended that to be in your life. I allowed it to be attached to you to give you an opportunity to reject it. But instead you embraced. Maybe you felt helpless. 
God is saying today, I want to set you free. Aren't you glad that God wants to set us free? He understands and realizes that things happen and difficulties happen. But he's saying, hey, I have come to heal those inner wounds. I have come to set you free so that you can be all that I have designed for you to be. The fact of the matter is we must let go in order to become. We must let go of the injuries in order to become whole. We've got to let go of the barbed wire inside of our life so that we can be healthy and move forward to become all God's called us to be. You turn your Bibles, please, to the book of Philippians. It's in the New Testament. And we're going to look at something that uh, the Holy Spirit wrote through the Apostle Paul to a very important church. Uh, in the life of Paul and in our lives as well. Philippians chapter number 3, and we're going to read verses 12 through 14, and then we're just going to flip over to Philippians chapter 4. So we're going to stay in Philippians for the next couple of minutes, and we're going to see how Paul, the Apostle Paul, dealt with this kind of stuff. Because Paul had some things happen in his life, and he did some things that I know and you know that he regretted how he persecuted the church, how he approved of Stephen's martyrdom, being murdered. The Bible never says that Paul murdered anyone. He may have, but the Bible doesn't say that. But he approved of Christians being put in prison and Christians being martyred. So here we are in Philippians chapter 3. We're going to read verses 12 through 14. Paul says, Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on to the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ. Now let's look again there the end of verse number 13, he says, but one thing I do, and then if you'll skip down to verse number 14, I press on. That's the one thing that he was doing. See, in the English language, um, we're, we're unlike Spanish, and I can't speak Spanish. I can't even speak Spanish. But I, I, I tried, so I know a little bit. In English, we say the big red house. We describe it before we name it. But if somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but in Spanish, they name it and then describe it. Am I right? Y'all don't know Spanish either, so it doesn't matter. I can tell you anything that they do in Spanish and y'all don't know. So they, they say the house that's big and red, and we say the big red house. Well, that's what Paul was doing. He was using English. I know he didn't speak English. It wasn't invented yet, but we'll just go with me, okay? He's saying the one thing I do, and then he describes it before he names it. He says... I forget. He said, I forget. There's some things that you need to forget. There's some things we just need to go, you know what? I'm not going to focus on that. I'm not going to pay attention to that. I'm going to forget that. The things that someone said to me, about me, the gossip, the hurt, I'm going to forget that and I'm going to learn how God ministered healing to me, what he taught me, and how I can progress forward to be all God's called me to be. That's what I'm going to focus on. Have you ever tried to focus on something you were trying to forget? And it's a surefire way of never forgetting. If you focus on what you're trying to forget, you will never forget because you're focused on it. Paul is saying, 
I'm forgetting. I'm going to forget that, but what I'm going to focus on is what God taught me, the changes in my life, so I can go forward in God. That's why he says the second part, he says, I'm straining forward. He says, I'm, I'm stretching forward. You see, as long as we focus on the hurt, the agony, the pain, the words that someone spoke to me, the actions that someone did, we're stuck. But if we forget that, but say, I'm going to focus on what God has taught me, then we begin to stretch forward, which is a vitally important word. We're stretching forward, and therefore we press on. We continue to press on. God says, basically he's saying to his church, I always want you to be leaning forward. Don't get stuck leaning back into your past, remembering, coddling, protecting, because that's now a part of who I am. No, I'm going to forget what's behind so that I can stretch forward and I can keep pressing on. That's the key. We're going to keep pressing on. That's what brings us peace. He says, I haven't got it yet. I haven't arrived yet, but I'm, I'm forgetting, I'm stretching, and I'm pressing. Now, let's go to Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 4 through 7. Philippians 4. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. There it is, verse 7, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. The peace of God, which is not the result of you going to get a massage. The peace of God, which is not dependent on whether you spend a day at the spa. You okay? Evidently you're not. <laughs> it goes beyond our understanding. Hey, listen, I've had a couple of massages in my life. They are fantastic. You just walk out of getting a massage and you're like, the world is great. It's amazing. The world was so bad an hour ago, and now it's awesome. It's still great. For Lisa and I's 25th anniversary, we went up to Grove Park Inn and, and uh, stayed a couple of nights up there. It was fantastic. And uh, they have a spa there, so we spent a half a day in the spa. And they, got a, they have a pool, and when you go underwater, you hear music. Kind of freaked me out, actually, the first time, i got to be honest with you. But then after a while, it's like pretty cool. We just enjoyed it. We just were just relaxing. This is just amazing. But that's our natural, our natural energy in trying to be tranquil and trying to relax. And it's a great thing. It is wonderful. Nothing wrong. It's great. You should do it. You should go get a massage this week. Amen. Okay. <laughs> but what the Holy Spirit is saying here is the peace that God gives us is not because we went to a spa or whatever. He said it transcends understanding. You, you can look at it and you go, like, I, I don't even know why I'm so peaceful. I don't even know why I'm not wigging out right now, but I'm not. I'm just trusting God. He's got this. I should be wigging out, but I'm not because God has this. Yes. That's what we're talking about. It's that kind of peace. 
When you say, I, I should be really ticked off at that, but I'm not, I'm peaceful. A couple of years ago, we remember the situation where a, a young boy went into a church on a Wednesday night in South Carolina. It was an African-American church, and he shot some people. Tragedy, it's horrible. But what did that church do? How did they respond? They didn't go, oh, we're going to lean back into this and it's going to be a part of our identity and we're going to cobble this for all it's worth. They didn't do that. They said, we forgive him immediately. They went to the jail where he was being held and they said, we want you to know we forgive you. I mean, bam. What, what were they doing? We're not going to be stuck with this. Mm-mm. No, you're trying to attach your barbed wire to us? We're giving it right back. We're going we're to stretch forward. We, we got a path. We got a plan. We know where we're going, and it's not backwards. It's forward. How, how many of you going forward today, not backwards? So he says it's the peace of God that transcends understanding, and it guards your heart and mind in Christ. Okay. The largest diamond to ever been mined out of the earth. The largest diamond. Diamonds are wonderful, aren't they? They're fabulous. And, and there are some big diamonds out there. The largest diamond ever to come out of the ground was over 3,000 carats. That's a big rock. Can you see that on your finger? <laughs> let's just say, go with me hypothetically, let's just say they're going to take this $3,000, $3,000, I wish I, I'd buy it for 3000 3,000 carat diamond, which was almost perfect. And they're going to put it on display for 12 hours in the middle of Times Square. You have a company that guards things, and they've hired you and your company to guard it. Times Square, 3,000 carat diamond for 12 hours in the middle of Times Square, sitting on a table. They've hired you to guard it. I know what you're going to do. You're going to call Grandma, right? You're going to have Grandma sit there and guard that thing, right? Now, honey, don't touch that. Don't don't go near that, okay? Because that's what Grandmas do. They're influential. That you you follow them because you love them. You, you're not going to hire Grandma. You can hire. You can get Grandma to do a lot of things, but it's not going to be this job, right? You're going to have guys with muscles and body armor and guns and riot gear. And they're going to set up a perimeter around that diamond. And then you're going to hire more guys to set up a perimeter around your perimeter. It's a 3,000 carat diamond. Then you're going to have cameras up here and up there. And you're going to have sharpshooters. I mean, you're going to have it all, right? And you would never think about guarding that diamond passively. You're going to think, we're going to guard this thing. We're going to be aggressive. We're going to think about every detail. We're going to think about all the opportunities. We're going to, we're going to go for this, man. This, our, our, everything's riding on us. We are going to guard that diamond. And I submit to you today that the Word of God says the peace of God that transcends all understanding guards you. And it guards your heart and your mind. In Christ, the peace of God, 
The peace of God is that powerful. The peace of God is not passive like, hey, yeah, okay, everything's going to be fine. It's all right. The peace of God is kind of like, I'm on watch. I'm watching everything. The peace of God surrounds your heart and mind. It transcends understanding. You can't even figure it out. But it's the peace of God that causes your anxiety to go, God's got this. The peace of God causes worry to say, you can go away now. God's peace has this. The peace of God is on guard. The peace of God is muscular. The peace of God has armor. The peace of God has armament. The peace of God has weaponry. The peace of God guards you. So why are we worried if God's peace is on assignment? We don't have to have anxiety. We don't have to, to lean back into our difficulties, into our barbed wire. We can go, I'm pressing on beyond that, and God's peace walks with me. God's peace surrounds me because God's peace is guarding my mind from going wandering into negative thoughts, guarding my heart against the barbed wire that would the devil would love to have in my heart. The peace of God is on assignment. I can relax. It's going to be okay. So then how do we live? We live with an assurance that God is in control. We live with a confidence that as we move forward, though we are not perfect, God is perfect, and he's still guarding us and protecting us. And just because we slip or stumble does not mean that the peace of God goes off of assignment. The peace of God is always on assignment. We live with praise. We live with a praise that lifts up a voice that says, God, you are awesome and great and powerful. Thank you for the peace that you've given me. Thank you for the assurance that you've given me. I don't have to worry. You are in control. We live with a worship that is that is an intimacy with God that says, God, I, I just want to be in your presence to lift up the name of Christ. We want to be in your presence, God. That's that worship. God, your peace has this. It's okay. But there are those here today who say, you know what? I need God to heal me of that piece of barbed wire. I need God to heal me from that stuff in the, in the past. And somehow it's interwoven within my life. Maybe today you're tired of having a veneer of peace and you want the real thing. You really want to have peace in your life. I would submit to you today, God is here ready to heal and set free. And to the extent of that healing, that's between you and God. To the depth of that healing between you and God. The full range of that healing is between you and God. But I say God will heal you today. God will set you free and move you that much closer to the perfection that he has for you, the maturity that he has for you. It is a step-by-step -step process, but we can never be like the runner that says, hey, I'm, I'm almost there. I'm good. I'm good. God says, no, come on. I've got more for you. I want to do more in you and more through you. Allow my peace to guard you and to protect you.